Welcome to the Vibrate Podcast. I'm Amy, a therapist turned energy healer and intuitive astrologer, and I'm here to help you transform your life. I'll guide you in ways to live your life more and more from an aware and expanded state of being. From this perspective, you can heal trauma, align with your soul, and live in your energy vibration as a way of life. Subscribe and follow my social media at Root Wellness Studio to be notified when new episodes drop. Hello, everyone. It's Amy. I'm recording this on Sunday, March 19th. This is the last day that the sun will be in Pisces. So it's the tail end of the Pisces season, as well as the zodiac wheel, because Pisces is the 12th and final sign of the zodiac. So we are here in the new year energies. You can probably feel that, of course, where I am in the Northern Hemisphere, this is springtime. So that's already kind of seasonally here. But there's all this Aries energy coming in super strong, like I'm going to call it six times stronger than a usual spring equinox energy. So I wanted to fill you in a little bit about that. Before I get into the specifics of the energies, I do want to mention some free resources that I am continuing to develop and add to for you. Um, I'm going to put a link in show notes to all these things, so you should be able to find them there. You can also follow me on social media at Root Wellness Studio, and the bio has a link tree in it and any of my social media places, and you can find all of these links there as well. First, I am now offering a free yoga class. It happens every other Monday. The next one is going to happen on March 27th, and that's from 12.15 to 1.15 p.m. Mountain Time. I have space for a couple people to pop into my North Boulder studio in person, but I also offer this live on Zoom and as a recording that's held in an ongoing library so that you can come back to the classes and the sequences if they support you. These classes are a vinyasa flow. They are not quite beginner. I want to say all are welcome, but you probably should have some experience with yoga. And of course, um, people who are very familiar can sort of modify, customize, upgrade as they want. Um, and those um, are happening, um, like I said, every other Monday. And I really try to align them with the astrology. So they're sort of like, like I'll talk a little bit about astrology in the class, like do a little bit of teaching. And then the sequence itself is built to help embody the energetics or to also find grounding and balance within the energetics that are happening currently. But because um, it's all energetic and everything is all the time, the classes really can be used at any point. I'll put some notes in the library where they're stored so that you can go back through and sort of look for keywords or key zodiac signs or things that are kind of in the mix that the sequence is helping to hold. So while they are like meant for the exact day that I teach them, they're also super useful um, kind of indefinitely into the future. And they'll have a playlist and everything too that's linked in the library. So what else do I have? Every time there's a new moon or a full moon, my partner Brian and I offer free Reiki healing circles. These are virtual meditations that you just do wherever you are in the world, but we hook in together at 7.30 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. We do these for about 20 minutes. Sometimes they go a little bit longer than that, 
but there's nothing that you need to do or log into or listen to. It's just totally independent and energetic. So you're connecting in with the circle. There's, um, we just passed the 100 mark on the number of people who are connected into our text reminder list for the Reiki moon circle. So there's a lot of high vibrational people intending to connect in. You can get on that list by texting the word connect to the number 720-927-7722. And um, that is something that you just kind of meditate yourself and just feel especially somatically and energetically um, kind of a presence or a warmth or like a good feeling of the Reiki frequencies. We work with Holy Fire Reiki energy as well as New Earth Reiki energy. And we um, usually will have sort of a theme that connects with the immediate cosmic energetics as well, which we will usually send out in that text reminder list so that you'll have a way to connect with that energy. Um, I am also offering, I have a, a free online library of resources. It's not super organized, definitely not polished, but it's just guided meditations I've recorded over the years that um, I use in my therapy practice. I help people kind of self-heal by understanding their own energy field and doing that through meditation. So the guided meditations that are in this library kind of teach you about being able to heal yourself and give you that kind of independent self-healing ability. Um, there's also a couple of videos about astrology, like how to pull your chart and some things like that. And I'm always adding to that. So that is where you can find free resources. I do also offer um, services such as my intuitive astrology school, which will be opening enrollment for later on in the spring. It's a school year program from September to May. So we don't have a new group of students starting until next fall, but you can start thinking about that. And then I do readings and um, things like brain spotting that I can do virtually on Zoom. If you are not in Boulder, if you're in Boulder, I have a full therapy practice where I offer ketamine-assisted psychotherapy, art therapy, brain spotting, intuitive healing, hands-on energy work, all kinds of beautiful ways to support you. And I think I'm front-loading this podcast episode with all that information because it's there's so much coming through this spring. Things are shifting quickly. And I just feel like it's we're going to need some support and some resources and some tools to really um, stay embodied, stay authentic to our own soul and our own essence, our own frequency as we move through the energies that are coming in this spring. I did a podcast episode a little bit, a little while back. Um, I think it's like maybe episode 10 or 11 or so, and it's the 2023 energy forecast, which technically only I went through the summer solstice because the energies for this year really change over um, once we get to the solstice. So I went, six, I did kind of a six month preview and it's actually really useful to listen back to that episode. We've already lived through the first couple months of the year and you can kind of do some reflecting and whenever we're at the end of a cycle, such as currently we're at the end of the zodiac wheel, it's a really good time to do some reflection and to think back on the different cycles of energy that are finishing up. There's with let me just back up and say that with astrology, there's always 
many, many layers of cycles of energy happening. So there's all, always a sort of like spiraling wheel of motion, but it has multiple bands of energy within that that are unique. And then those bands of energy affect you personally in your own birth chart in a very unique and specific individualized way. So it's a very, very complex thing. So because we are in a couple different cycles happening at the same time, I'm going to talk a little bit about um, some of the energetics of the cycles, the endings and the beginnings, and how I'm kind of seeing that thematically. I'm also going to talk a little bit about the eclipses that are coming up. Every equinox, every time we have an equinox, the eclipse season comes just after that. We'll have two eclipses following the equinox tomorrow. And... Um, Let's see how long that takes me because I'm in kind of a babbly mode today. So that's probably all I'll get to for today's episode. But you can always reach out to me. You can always DM me. I love answering questions or helping you figure out where to look in your chart if you're newer to looking at astrology. Um, when it comes to astrology, I take the lens of an intuitive, archetypal, psychological, evolutionary philosophy with it. <laughs> it's my own kind of jargony way of saying that basically... I, I believe that our souls are here to um, evolve and to do that through consciousness expansion and love and the experiences we have in the human body and the human vessel and the 3D world of the earth are really here for us to do that. That's why it sometimes feels um, hard, difficult, traumatizing, impossible here. But when you can keep that detached perspective from the human experiencing, the ego pain experiencing what's happening here on the earth and rather see it as a way to be more in contact with your authentic soul frequency. I know that that's something that's really helped me navigate my life in a way where I can really show up in presence and love and feel joy and connection and not get caught up in old patterns of pain and emotional reaction. So I invite you to try that on with me. So let's see, let's talk about, here's all the kind of cycles that are coming to a close and some of the energies of how that's picking up with the new beginning energy. So as I've mentioned like five times already today, we're at the end of the Zodiac wheel with the end of Pisces. On Monday, March 20th at 3.24 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, is exactly when the sun moves out of Pisces and into Aries. This creates the Aries equinox or the spring equinox in the north. And this is um, the end of a 12-year cycle, the beginning of a new 12-year cycle. So it is a new year kind of imprint. So that's one of the energies to be thinking of and always reflecting backward and looking forward, looking back 12 months, looking forward 12 months and bringing some consciousness, some self-responsibility, self-awareness, and intention into that reflection and looking forward kind of space of things. So uh, journaling is a great way to do this, having kind of an astrology, astrology journal where you can kind of note the different um, timelines and energies that we're in. What's super crazy and intense about the equinox this year is that at almost the same time, I mean, something like 20 hours later, we have a new moon. It's the first new moon of the new zodiac year. So already Aries, which the sun will, will, have, will be in Aries by Tuesday when there's the new moon, we already have this like surge forward. Aries is about incarnating. It's about embodying. It's about initiating. It's fire sign. It's starting things up, getting going. 
And clearly in the spring, it's also about sort of that like feeling of planting seeds that something is going to come and grow from what is, what we're putting forth now. And it's, I'm, I'm going to say it's pretty unusual that we have a new moon right at the beginning of the sun, the sun turning, um, you know, hitting that, that zero degree point of that zodiac sign, especially at the new year, the new zodiac year. So there's the new zodiac year energy, but there's also this new lunar cycle because every new moon starts a new 28-ish day lunar cycle. So you've got the 12-month cycle. You're looking back and looking forward, 12 months. Then you've got this new moon in Aries energy where you're looking back one moon cycle to the last new moon, about a month, and looking forward to the next new moon, about a month. But you really see this peak of the energies that you bring into the new moon happening at the full moon which is going to be in a couple of weeks. So it's more of like a two week cycle that you're kind of working with manifesting, intending energetics. So um, the other thing that's really impactful about this Aries new moon, and this is a somewhat rare thing, is that we have two moon new moons happening in Aries this month, this coming zodiac month. So that does not always happen. So that, that kind of gives it this double force. The first new moon is, is in the early earliest degree of Aries. And the second new moon is in the tail end. It's a 29 degrees and 50 some minutes, a very tail end of Aries. So it's kind of this like, um, I, I feel like it's sort of like bookmarking the beginning of Aries and the end of Aries, which is, again, the themes of initiation, of incarnating. There's like this choice that I feel that's here for us to come more fully into these human incarnations that we chose while still, of course, expanding our consciousness and evolving our spiritual selves, but to do it in the real world, like we have to do this work here in the earth as humans and in the 3D world that we're in. So if you're not doing that, you are probably going to be experiencing some things that bring you back to reality in a way of like back to the body, um, like health or even injury or just something getting your physical attention or back to the real world 3D around you. So it might involve other people or something about space and place or money or time or something that's super 3D. Um, that being said, the second Aries new moon is an eclipse. It is the first eclipse of the eclipse season. So that also brings it in. There's way too much detail to say about that. You know, I'll probably pull that chart up and do another episode about that um, shortly or something that's more specific to the eclipse energy. But what's fascinating, so the eclipses are based on the cycles of the lunar nodes, which are not planets. They are points. They're calculated points that have to do with the angle that the moon is orbiting the earth. And the nodes change about every 18 months. So we're at the tail end of an 18 month cycle where the nodes have been in Taurus and Scorpio. That is the axis of security and like being in the earth and being secure here, being safe and, and whole and being able to kind of deal with the everything of the earth while also feeling secure. And that's what the eclipses of all of 2022 were about. The nodes are gonna change in July of 2023. So we actually still have one eclipse 
in the spring and one in the fall that are still happening along that axis. So it's kind of the tail end of that security theme, whatever you've been dealing with, with regards to that. So that's another cycle that we're not ending right this second, but it's coming. That last eclipse that's going to be happening on that axis is going to be happening um, in, oh my God, I don't have the dates right now, but let's call it, I think early May is when that's happening. Um, so then other, the, the nodes are changing, the nodes move backwards on the zodiac. So then the nodes are going to be moving into Aries, Libra, that axis. So that again, brings up the strong Aries commanding voice in all of these cosmic energetics that are layered on top of each other right now with this new moon in Aries, with the Aries equinox, with uh, like five planets or so in Aries right now. It's kind of crazy, crazy Aries level. Um, so the Aries Libra axis of the nodes is relational. And we're, so we're kind of like taking our sense of security and moving it into relationship. And what I find fascinating about this is um, I don't usually say like all my clients have this going on, but I actually think that right now, every single client who I'm working with, which is just another way that I get to kind of see the energetics of the cosmos, like intangible human ways, everybody, myself included, we're all working with relationship dynamics, relational healing, relational repair, relational questioning. It's the, the, the topic of relation is huge. And, and I do think that this is especially true with life partner energies um, there's been a lot going on um, with Pluto shifting signs, which is coming up in a couple of weeks here, um, having to do with um, karma, soul contracts. Um, I want to say endings, but I don't want to scare you about that. It doesn't mean relationships are ending um, tangibly. It means that patterns are ending, ways of relating are ending and making space for a new different agreement because the soul agreements are sort of expiring is kind of how the energy feels as we're shifting into this new nodal axis. But you have free will. You get to always decide. It just gives you something to work with, something to know, like, what's the astrological weather that's a part of the decisions that you're making and a part of the choices and patterns, behaviors that you are engaging in. I feel like a huge, huge theme related to the relational axis and how we're um, staying true to our highest and best selves and our soul frequency is coming into pure self-responsibility and super high vibrational boundaries with the way we act and behave as a relational being. So you and only you can clean up your energetic boundaries, your emotional reactions, your trauma-based projections, um, victim energy, you are the only one who can understand that you are behaving, acting, maybe even unconsciously from ways where you are basically sabotaging your ability to be in relationship, your ability to be an intimate and loving human in a committed relational dynamic. And that's also true of the partners that we're referring to as I'm talking to you about this, but you have to do it yourself first. And you have to focus on it as one of your main healing themes, I think, for this entire year. And by year, I mean the Zodiac year. 
So as you are reflecting back on the last 12 months and looking ahead at the next 12 months, it's a good place to kind of put that relational theme, but not from the point of like, is this the relationship I want to be in? I mean, maybe that's your question, but really it's more, how can I show up as an embodied, high vibrational, self-aware, self-responsible human who can be truly actually intimate, who can come out of victim consciousness, who can change the pattern or patterns that have been keeping me in unhealthy dynamics. Um, This is about healing your trauma. Um, I know as a therapist, I talk about trauma all the time. All of us have trauma. All of us have developmental trauma. Developmental trauma means something that happened to us when we were a child and we didn't feel safe, secure, seen, or soothed. And so we learned a pattern. We learned a reaction that is not in our highest and best self, that is not out of victim consciousness. So we all have these ways that we play out our developmental trauma through our attachment system, which is an unconscious neurobiological process that comes from our midbrain. And we play out our attachment systems in our relationships with other people, especially our person our biggest attachment object, if there is one in your life. That's where we can look and see, um, like if we can reorient ourselves to see the problems in our relationship as just being a direct reflection of your own developmental trauma playing out and showing up and to really claim it as your own, your energy, your pattern, and not the other person's. I think that's the, the clearest way to start to see these energetics and to shift them. Of course, anything with what you know involving another human is uh, complex and can be messy. So it's not like that as simple as just catching yourself in your own energetics, because you still have to like do it, do life with this, you know, relationship to this other person, and they're going to react how they're going to react. But the more you clean that up and take responsibility for it, the healthier you become, and the clearer it is for the energetic that's the other person's stuff to just be clearly their stuff. Um, That said, I am really feeling so much with the Aries energy and a number of other layers that I don't have time to get into all the details of cosmically, but there's so much around um, masculine energy, healing and repairing as we are in this space of the paradigm shifting, dismantling the patriarchal structures. You know, this is ongoing. This is decades of you know, time leading up to now and decades of time to come. But there is this, this great shifting of the masculine feminine dynamics. And I don't necessarily mean this as gender, although it can definitely very concretely show up in like cis hetero systems in this way. Um, But there's not, um, how do I want to say this? The space for the masculine energy is confused. And currently we have this really strong energy that's in the equinox chart and it's in the new moon and Aries chart where we have Mars in Gemini squaring the sun, squaring Mercury, what we know, how we communicate, how we interact with others and squaring the moon, how we feel. And the moon being in Aries, which is also masculine, Mars rules Aries. I don't know. There's like a lot of layers happening here. And I know I'm saying it kind of quickly because this is podcast mode. Um, But it just feels like 
there is, this is time. This is like the time for that masculine energy to be held and seen as a wound and for inner child and inner shadow and inner critic, all these kind of parts of self to be able to sort of like surface with gentleness and sweetness to be held, you know, um, I, I think I, you know, in the library that I mentioned, I have a couple of, um, guided meditations. One has to do with fathers and one has to do with mothers. And there is this like very parental energy around like reparenting, healing parental wounds. Um, when we talk about developmental trauma, we really are talking about attachment wounds that come from our parents. Obviously our parents are not in most cases trying to hurt us. But they do. That's just how things are. That's just what happens in human relationship, in human family systems, especially in the 70s, 80s, 90s. That's just what was going on. So um, if you're listening and you have a lot of masculine energy in yourself, no matter, no matter your gender or biological sex, it's a time to really kind of think about, engage with those masculine qualities and see where they're coming from. Are they true to your essence? Are they at the core of your being? Are they soul-centered? Are they coming from your heart? Or are they coming for some, from some sort of wounding, some kind of attachment place, some kind of developmental trauma inside of you that had to cope, that had to survive, that had to assert, that had to control? All those are kind of the way that the masculine wounds um, form and manifest. So I think that's of big consideration. Um, another massive thing happening this week, another cycle of energy. This is a 15 year um, reflection back and a 20 year reflection forward is Pluto changing signs. Pluto changes from Capricorn into Aquarius on 323.23, which is just cool. And, um, you know, when Pluto changes signs, it's always kind of like a two year um, kind of a bumpy road of Pluto switching signs and retrograding back and moving back in again. So it's kind of a Cap Capricorn Aquarius, Capricorn Aquarius kind of vibe. But we have not had Pluto in Aquarius since January of 2008. So there's a lot of reflection, like what is that 15 year chapter of your life been? And how do you see that relating to transformation? Because Pluto is really in archetypal astrology, the great transformer. Pluto wants us to go into the depths to see the, the clearest, deepest truth in order to transform ourselves to the highest light. But Pluto likes us to see the darkness and to see the everything and to understand all the parts that are there. Pluto wants us to really be whole, to be in, con in connection with the whole of ourselves, but also doesn't have a lot of like um, patience or sympathy for um, pacing it or sugarcoating it. So it can be like tough, like tough to really face what's there. And so as Pluto comes into Aquarius, you can, you know, it, it's a collective energy because it's something that happens with an outer planet. That's such a kind of long, slow, um, transit. So we're a lot of times talking more about societal level shifts, but to apply it to your birth chart, you would look at what house do you have zero degrees of Aquarius? which, you know, Aquarius is where Saturn has been sitting for the past three years up until this past March 7th when Saturn moved into Pisces finally. 
but that's been like the time of the pandemic. So that's kind of connected to Aquarius. Think about the themes that were there in the pandemic, like um, boundaries, understanding yourself, your center, your truth amidst the everything, the everyone um, in a million layers. And Pluto's now hitting that same spot where Saturn sort of came through ahead of time beginning in March, 2020, and like kind of moved through at the sign of Aquarius, sort of shaping things up, figuring out the structures, um, asking us to be self-responsible in the Aquarian themes, the Aquarian themes having to do with sense of self in respect to other, in respect to community. Um, there's also like kind of a future orientation. There's innovation energy in the mix there. Um, a shadow side is selfishness or exerting too much control over groups of people, that kind of energy too. So kind of balancing that. So Pluto comes through and wants to transform kind of the residue, like anything that's left in your Aquarius area of your chart. So you look at where you have zero degrees, where the chart changes it for you and your birth chart from Capricorn into Aquarius. Do you have any points there? Do you have any planets there? Is that what house is that in? And those are going to be the, the houses or the themes, um, the areas of life where you'll see that start to affect you or impact you. Um, I know that it can get overwhelming to think about Pluto being somewhere for 20 years. I don't want you to go there. Don't go there. It's not like, oh, 20 years of this energy is going to be happening for me. It's more like, no, there's just sort of this like activation when Pluto enters a new sign that it's kind of turning on the transformation in that area of your life. And you can really orient to that in a positive growth orientation kind of way. Like, okay, so it's in my, you know, second house. That means that I'm going to be looking at how I show up in time and space, how I sustain myself here or whatever. And that that's where I'm going to be um, focusing my transformation when I'm doing my self-reflection, when I'm listening to um, spiritual and astrology podcasts and kind of layering the energies for my own unique individual understanding. So I feel like I've babbled a ton and um, there's just still a lot to say. There's just so much happening. So let me just leave this podcast episode here just to give you kind of a, an opening of some ideas of places, themes to reflect on, to in, have intention with as we're moving forward. Um, I'll try to um, summarize some of these themes again. So we're talking about the equinox, which is the new zodiac year, which is a, the past 12 months and looking ahead 12 months. We're talking about the Aries new moon on the 21st, a little bit after 11 a.m. Pacific or mountain time. I'm like, where am I in the world? Um, and um, that's a lunar cycle. So that's a month-ish or it's two weeks forward to the full, full moon where there can be manifestation or um, tangible kind of like release showing up. Um, we're talking about Pluto changing signs in a couple of weeks. We're already feeling that. That is looking back 15 years at um, the last time Pluto moved signs, the whole time that Pluto has been in the previous sign of Capricorn. That's looking ahead 20 years-ish. Not, again, don't get hung up on what's going to happen in the future, but just sort of like inlaying your intentional um like like as authentic to your core frequency as you can be as you as you engage with that sort of 20 year um timeline sort of like starting to land in your field um we are talking about um let's see what else are we talking about i didn't want to give you too many different layers 
we're talking about the nodal axes and we're talking about the axis of the Aries and Libra relational axis starting to get activated, which is going to be really the next kind of almost two years, close to two years of energy. And that's coming up. We're going to start to feel that with the new moon on Tuesday. And uh, um, really, especially at the end of the month when we have um, the second new moon in Aries happening, which is an eclipse, which I will do a separate podcast for. Um, and then we're talking about the challenge of this of Mars squaring off to all this current energy. Mars is squaring the chart of the new moon and of the equinox. Um, Neptune is conjunct the sun in these charts as well. So those are the two biggest energies having their voice in for the next two days in these charts. Mars is how we do things, but it's also the body. So I've been really feeling this Mars energy as body consciousness, like really getting clear with taking care of the vessel that you're in and listening to it, listening to your body way, 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 way more than your brain. Your brain is just like a story maker. It's just like an organ that makes stories. And um, it's not really to be trusted. Your body, we can trust your body. Um, but I also think there's like trauma healing, somatic energy work, somatic psychotherapy body work, things that clear trauma from the body so that the body's knowing is so true, pure, and clear and not um, kind of shaded by any kind of traumatic stress response. And then this whole storyline related to healing the masculine wounds. I'm like really hoping I have time to make a course that's specific to that because I just think we need it right now. Okay, so this is not very practical or directive today, other than like kind of looking at these different timelines and journaling that out for yourself. Um, I will try to come back with a more practical guide next time. I know it really helps to think of what you can do. Um, I think that practicing embodiment, such as yoga, walking meditations, things like that. It, it, it's always a good practical tool, but if you can be sort of like letting these energetics and these, the awareness, the intuition that you're having about the things I'm saying in this episode, be something that you can feel as a presence in your physical body and your energy field. And you're kind of working it through the body. You know, the body wants to help you transmute and transform anything that's not you know, anything that's keeping you from your, your own core frequency, from your highest good. So, um, oh, actually in the library that I'm going to link to the free resource library for Root Wellness Studio, there is a meditation called Shift Emotion in the Body. And it's a really, really good one because it teaches you a tool that you can access all the time. You don't have to do the meditation to do it. Like, like do the meditation once to learn it. And then you kind of have the tool of being able to move energy and work with it in your body. So that would be my one kind of practical note in addition to the journaling and the reflecting and the timelines and things. So hope to catch many of you in the Reiki circle tomorrow night. Reach out if you have any questions. If you'd like to get more astrological information, you can also text the word ASTRO, A-S-T-R-O, to 720-927-7722. And I sporadically send little bits of energy reads and forecasts and information there that does not always make it into the podcast. Um, I also try to put things like that on my Instagram feed. 
Um, I'm really so committed and busy in my therapy practice that I understand and I know that I don't, I'm not super consistent with all of my public places, but um, I, I do try to be available for questions if things pop up between when I'm posting or um, publishing podcasts. So stay grounded, um, find your center. We're going to get through these times together. It's a wild ride this spring and we're kind of here for it. I'm actually glad I just said that because that reminded me of one more timeline, which is I'm feeling very strongly that the equinox to the summer solstice is this other very um, like portal-like timeline. Like what you're doing now until the summer solstice in late June is really um, central to how you are going to um, navigate these energetics of the next several years. I'm also hoping to get that second half of the year forecast episode out soon. So stay tuned. Be well out there. Thanks for listening.